Welcome to episode five of the 70 Yuma Union High School District's official podcast. I'm Chief Communications Officer Eric Patton, and our guests today are both counselors in the district. Cesar Castillo is currently the Director of Counseling at San Luis High School and has been with the district for nearly two decades. And Kevin Swearingen is a counselor at Cibola, and while having spent a significant amount of time in our district, he's also been a teacher at the K-8 level. So, Cesar, Kevin, Hello. thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yes. Well, there are a lot of things that we probably plan on talking about, but one of the primary reasons we got together today is because the FAFSA window opened on October 1st, and we wanted to talk about some of the reasons it's important for students to fill out a FAFSA. So, Caesar, let's get really basic right now. What is a FAFSA, and why should our students fill it out? You know, it's a free application for students to apply for financial aid. It's or for every student. It doesn't matter the income that your parents have. Um, it's going to benefit students regardless of the income of what your parents are bringing in. There's a variety of reasons why everyone should. Um, the first and foremost is obviously you get a Pell Grant that you don't have to pay back. You know, um, Speaking for myself, as an athlete, when I played, or when I was at Arizona Western College and at Arizona State University, um, I had a free education, but back, we're talking whew, 20 plus years, <laughs> Kevin, where you know back then education didn't cost as much. I guess it, it benefited me as a student because um, I didn't have to pay for tuition. That's where tuition came out of my financial aid. It was a Pell Grant. But for those students that, you know, parents might make a little bit more in the, um, the merit scholarships, you know, some, some uh, merit scholarships, if they have really good grades, um, they ask that you also apply or else you don't get a merit scholarship. So you need, you know, students need to apply for the merit scholarships. They need to also apply for financial aid. Um, and you get cheaper um, rates. If your parents happen to make more money, you might need a loan, but the government gives you great loans compared to a bank. Do you agree, Kev? Yes, I do. And along those lines of, uh, you know, if a student is earning merit-type scholarships and a school might want you to fill out the FAFSA, a lot of the reasons they're doing that is because they're trying to essentially make sure that you've exhausted all the opportunities that you can to obviously bring your costs down. We, mm -hmm. we know colleges can be pricey, mm -hmm. but uh, they want to know that you, you know, you've been able to access every bit of opportunity that you can. But it seems like it's a, just about keeping your options open. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you could have a student that is Definitely. not thinking right now that they want to go to college, mm -hmm. but if they fill out the application, Yes. It might open some doors that maybe they weren't considering before. Is Correct. that a good way to summarize it? Yes, I, I would say that. And, and well, my personal experience, um, you know, I, I was in the military, so I didn't have to fill out the FAFSA after high school. I had the GI Bill to pay for mine. But I have an older son that graduated from Cibola in 2017, and we filled out the FAFSA for him. He, at the time, thought, you know, I want to possibly go to college to be a firefighter. Uh, he went for a semester. Um, he was we qual qualified for a Pell Grant. He went for that semester, and that covered his costs. But he decided after December that you know, Dad, I, I don't think that college is for me right now. And then he ended up joining the military, um, which was fine. But we filled it out because I wanted to make sure that he knew what all his options were. I have a senior right now that she might or might not want to go to college, but we're going to fill it out so that she has all the options on the table and then mm -hmm. she can make her decisions. Again, it, it comes down to opportunities, like you said, John. If you don't fill it out 
and then you're scrambling at the end, it's it's best to get it done when you have the counselors helping you out Correct. on your campus, for one. And then you don't have to worry about anything up until decision time in May. Where do you want to go? What are you going to do? So that's the message we give to our students is get it done now because you have the right people to help you out. We have FAFSA nights. Every campus has a FAFSA night. We're going to hold FSA ID workshops for our students to come on campus and bring all the information so we can help them individually. And then October 8th will be actually our FAFSA night at San Luis. So with that, we have our parents coming in. And if they have any questions throughout after the fact, we can help them out individually. So I imagine that it's pretty easy, the application process, especially when you've got a counselor present at, the, at those nights. Is that one of the reasons that you like to host those? Or what are some other reasons that you want to host those rather than just sending someone home to fill it out on their computer? It's fairly easy to fill out if you have the right information. But there's, you know, we families have interesting situations sometimes that we might not that, that might confuse you on the application. Mm-hmm. So we have counselors out there, and, and in the Sobola campus, um, we, we try to bring what we call an expert. Uh, and, and they are because it's, it's a person from AWC that's, that helps people all the time. Yes. They know those unique situations, and we'll have them there to, yeah. to help the students and their parents as well. We were fortunate on our campus because we've just been done talking with um, seniors and we actually have had them do their FSA ID already. And again, we invited somebody from AWC to come down and kind of take them through that particular process. Once they do it, then they can help their parents do theirs mm-hmm. as well. So props out to Arizona Western College and the help that they give the yes. our campuses because yes. in particular, we have Omar Heredia at the San Luis Center and they are unbelievable help because they are the experts. And then I have certain experts on our campus as well that it's easy to go to because I might not know the answer and my staff is great. Um, I'm going to name drop them right now. We have Rigo Conde, who's our, actually our dropout preventionist. And um, um, we also have Carmen Castaneda, who was our gear up coordinator, who was, I mean, she was my go-to three years ago, four years ago when she was there. And so it's been a great team that we built uh, on our campus, plus the help from Arizona Western College. What do parents need to bring or should they bring things when there are these FAFSA nights? Because these are going on across the district. Um, You know, the window opened October 1st, but throughout the month of October are typically the first FAFSA nights. Even, you know, COFA is doing one at Summerton Middle School. Um, So if parents are coming to those nights with their student, what should they be bringing? First of all, I think uh, if they take care of their FSA IDs, there's less that they need to bring. So that's why we're holding our FSA ID workshops because it makes the, I mean, they could be done within 15, 20 minutes if they have what we give them. We give them a sheet ahead of time of all the information that they need. Uh, It's front and back. It's a one pager so that they create the FSA ID. And then on the flip side of that paper is all the information they need to know or have so that they can apply for financial aid. Okay. So, I mean, there's, there's different situations. There's students that have um, legal guardians. Well, they have to do it s- different ways. So well, that's why we have our expert. Then there's many different questions that come about, and, and everybody has a different story. So that's why having those experts on board. Um, I can tell you what the basic things are is having their 2018 tax, um, taxes with them. Yep. That's pro- the primary thing. I know Kevin and I had a conversation not too long ago, but if Kevin, you want to talk to, you know, parents aren't giving up their 
social securities. They're not right, things, so. right. They they do ask you for that type of information, social security numbers. You know when your parents were married. Mm-hmm. If you have that tax information, um, it, it's helpful. There's a lot of different you know places where you can uh, get the the list of mm-hmm. all the specific information. As and as schools, mm-hmm. we we can provide that before those nights. When you guys encounter reasons why students don't fill it out. You already hit one of those. It's mm-hmm. it's potentially that they don't want to give their information or parents don't want to provide their personal or what they think is sensitive information. What are some other, I don't want to say excuses, but I'll say it. <laughs> what, are, oh, what, are well, some yeah. other, what are some of the other reasons or excuses that you hear as to why people don't want to fill it out? And then what? how do you respond to that? Some other ones could be, um, uh, we've talked before, you know, I already make too much money or I think I make too much money. And, and that might be the case. However, you won't know unless you fill out the form. Mm-hmm. Um, that the form is going to line you up for Pell Grant, but it's also going to line you up what, what loans you qualify for as well as what work study you could qualify for, an opportunity to work correct. on campus to, to make money towards paying for your, your school bill. And, and, and on top, you get cheaper loans. If you do make more money, um, you could get a cheaper loan instead of going to the bank. The one thing that I see is that other scholarships, they ask um, one of the first few questions, have you filled out a FAFSA? And if you haven't, you know, you, you won't be able to apply for that specific scholarship. The big ones are the merit scholarships because universities will ask, have you applied for merit scholar- or, uh, FAFSA? And if you put no, then you probably be kind of weeded out of, of of that particular university for uh, scholarships, um, they want to see that you are all in, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a process. But if you take care of it right now with your counseling team on your campus, you're gonna have your life is gonna be easier come May. It takes half an hour of your time and your parents to help you out with what you need. And if you don't have the assistance, then talk to your counselor what you need. That's interesting because part of what college is about is showing that you have the discipline to finish projects or mm-hmm. show up on time, show up regularly and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So this being used as a way to sort of make decisions mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, a student's personality in some mm-hmm. ways is interesting. I had never thought of that mm-hmm. that, that way, but it, mm-hmm. it it's important, right? Correct. Right. right. And then a, a final reason could be, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go to college. And we hear that a lot. We do have people that take the career route and they might not, you know, go off to a university or a community college or they go and they're just seeking a certificate and they, they'll pay for it themselves. But I'll come back to, like I said, with my daughter and my son, as a parent, I want to make sure they have all the options on the table so they can make an informed decision for themselves. Obviously as family, we're helping them with that decision as well, but um, just so they know all their options. Mm -hmm. So Caesar for, you you mentioned it briefly earlier but you were an elite athlete and you're in the Yuma High Hall of Fame and uh, you had ambitions to play athletics at the next level mm-hmm. and and did but how did you thinking about what scholarships or what kind of money was out there and available for you um, how did that affect your decision you know what I going back to my senior year um, I had one goal in mind when I was a sophomore thinking I was gonna go to Arizona State that didn't happen for me because I wanted to go, I wanted to continue to play. I had scholarships for engineering at ASU and, and had full rights. I opted to stay, but had I not filled out my financial aid forms, I would not have been able to even go to Arizona or Arizona Western College. 
I had two four years paid for at Arizona Western College because I filled it out. Had I not, my opportunities would have diminished. I, I, I don't know what I would have done. So having, obviously I had a good role model of my brother and, and he was at Arizona State and um, I knew that there was options or opportunities out there. Um, playing baseball was just a bonus for me, but I loved to play. But knew, knowing that being an athlete, you also had to apply for financial aid. So I, I guess it, it, it went hand in hand. Um, I wasn't the, I don't know that I was an elite athlete. There was a lot better athletes, but but education was important for me and my family or, or my father and, and, my, and my brothers. I have six brothers or I'm sorry, five brother or four brothers, one sister. <laughs> it's six of us total. And all of us were, were recipients of uh, financial aid. The five boys all uh, graduated from Arizona State University and we all benefited from a fr practically a free education. I guess there was two educators, myself included, uh, an engineer, um, two communication majors, and one's a nurse. My sister who graduated from Bryman College, she also benefited. So, I mean, it's different routes that we took um, and we all benefited from financial aid. And I think it's generally kind of the message of, or the theme of what we wanted to talk about today was that not everybody's route or everybody's path mm -hmm. is going to be the same. Correct. Um, even in the same family, my sisters right. and mine were entirely different. Mm -hmm. um, right. But don't limit your options by not filling out something that might take 20 to 30 minutes of your life away um, right now. Right. Correct. I guess don't fear the FAFSA. <laughs> don't fear the FAFSA. And if you're going to fear something, fear the fork. The old devil <laughs> ASU, baby. <laughs> so let's uh, shift gears just a little bit. Considering you guys are both in the counseling offices at your respective campuses, uh, what what are some other things that that students could benefit by visiting the counseling office, or what are some other things that that are priorities for you guys? I mean, right now we, we just got done talking to our students with our transcript reviews, and um, we have web pages, we have Canvas. Um, I know Sabola yes. does the same, and it's a one stop shop. They can um, see the recruiters, whether it's any university that's in state. When they're here, they can speak to the recruiters. Military, it's boomed in San Luis. Um, we have already set up over 150 students to take the ASVAB. For now, at least two different branches. We have the Marines and we have the Army that are consistently going, and they're super excited. I mean, we, are, we have dual credits going on with CTE and math, and we have concurrent credits with AWC being right next to our campus. I mean, it's... Our leadership on our campus is, has been tremendous with the leadership of uh, Lucky Arviso. His experience has been tremendous on our campus. I'm getting chills thinking about it because he's flipped it tremendous of how our focus, our culture is amazing right now. Uh, starting with my counseling team, it's it's awesome. Omar Heredia and his team from the San Luis Center were on our campus and and he goes, man, this is awesome. This is, this is great season. I go, well, why do you think? He goes, it's the things you guys are doing. It's what you know, and I, I was thinking it's because of their help, but having the communication, which has helped tremendously with the, the leadership of Lucky Arviso, and just listening to him talk and watching him work, and how we need to communicate, um, you know, it's 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 fun, it's awesome, and that trickles down to the students because San Luis has a population of students that's around twenty seven hundred, mm -hmm. but the students want to be there. 
your dropout rate was one of the lowest in the state at 0.51, and that goes a lot of credit to your department, especially. All of those things going on make students want to be there. Um, do you feel similar things going on at Cibola? I, I feel exactly the same. I, I, you know, in a lot of ways, we do hook up students or provide students with a lot of opportunities to talk with different universities and college representatives and military representatives. We have trade schools that come and do presentations. I mean, it seems like that as a district and counseling departments, we're really hooking kids up mm -hmm. with these opportunities. Correct. Now, we obviously know they have to follow through and take them, but I, I can only speak for myself when, when I was going to school mm -hmm. way back when, in 1986, when I graduated, oh, I don't ever remember <laughs> even seeing the counselor more or less Correct. knowing that, a, that and I, I went to a school that was right next to a university. And I never remember seeing the university rep there. Things have evolved since even when I was in high school to even 10 years ago, even five years ago. Yeah. Uh, counseling has dramatically changed for the best. I mean, I think I, I would agree, you know, and, and when we have our our meetings, I look at all the great teams that Sobola, Kofa, Hilla Ridge, Yuma, we all have great teams. Yes. Um, and it's fun to be with them because you pick their brains and it's. It's always laughter because it's a great atmosphere. Right. You know, We're all working really, really hard um, to provide all of our students, no matter what location we mm -hmm. work in, mm -hmm. for those opportunities for college, career, military. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what our schools are pushing. Mm -hmm. You know, if a student chooses to go and, and just go straight into the workforce, that's obviously their choice. Mm -hmm. But as a school, counseling department, administration, teachers, mm -hmm. Everyone is trying to make sure that they have an opportunity to, Correct. and we've used this word plenty of times, yeah, but it's true, yep. career, mm -hmm. college, and career ready. We mm -hmm. really, as a district, want them to have those right. opportunities to take, whether they, you know, what they choose is on their own, or Here. on their own, but, exactly. but we definitely don't want it to be, I didn't know what to do. Right. Well, it comes down to, like, you want to give them the best tools to get where they want to go Correct. and help them make that decision. Correct. You're not making decisions Correct. for them, no. but you want to listen, right. and that's, I think, probably no. one of the biggest right. things. Right. These are your options. These are your pros and cons. You know, you go from there. Um, you know, just yesterday I had a student that is going to be a merit scholar, but he's got to make decisions. You know, he, what did you talk to your parents about? How, you know, they're having the conversation. That's awesome. That needs to happen at home. You know, the, the more the conversations happen at home, the better the student will feel um, validated and, and wanting to get out of Yuma if that's what it takes to, you know, get an education if it's out of state or in state, whatever it may be. But um, that's where we push for our students to always have those opportunities, have those conversations at home. It seems like part of that hard work is, especially on your campuses, I've noticed there's a level of innovation in trying to get students connected to mm -hmm. counseling. Um, for example, at San Luis, you guys have uh, tutoring signups and monitoring on um, the website. Mm -hmm. You guys have a San Luis Counseling Facebook page. Uh, Cibola, you guys were like the first ones that I, I mm. think that had guidance counselors sign up on your website yes. that were mm -hmm. connected through Google Form. Um, for either one of you guys, wh why do you think making innovations uh, to connect with the students is so important? Because both of our campuses, we have a lot of students, and 
let's say, minimal amount of counselors. We all have a very high load. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my own personal load is about 450 students. So in order to make things as efficient mm -hmm. and as easy as possible for the student to make those connections, that's why we went to those electronic versions of things. In the old days, in order to see your counselor, there were little sign-up sheets, and mm -hmm. it just dragged everything mm -hmm. out a little bit longer. So both of our campuses, we have to become as efficient as possible to be able to service, you know, that many students. Correct. And the reason why we came up with the Facebook page was because we had the communication with our students. Now it's our stakeholders, Correct. our parents, yes, the community, right? So, right. so now, and the students can see. So, hey, students, where are they at? Are they, you know, education is important to them, but media is what's booming. So, hey, let's tap into it and let's see if we can let's use it to our advantage. To our advantage, to our exactly. advantage as a school, or an advantage for the student, right. advantage for the parent to know, yeah. you know, what's going on mm -hmm. on what's going uh, on on your campus on a daily basis yep. in some senses yep so you mentioned something about the the load that counselors have and i've noticed this not just across our district but across the state there is an inordinate number of students um required or, or needed um to be seen by one specific counselor you said your load's somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 yes there's others in the district that could be as high as 500 Correct. um if the state's taking measures to potentially make a difference and, and reduce that load in whatever way possible, mm -hmm. how would a reduction in the number of students change things? Or what would, what would you as a counselor be able to do if you had fewer students? How would the, that change? The, the students will benefit tremendously because they're going to have more one-on-one. -on -one. They have the option, instead of like Kevin says, he has that Google form. Well, not, not that you might have to go away from it, but the students will benefit by having another person on your campus to speak about whatever issues it may be social, emotional, or career. The more people you have, the better your students are gonna be. It's like a classroom. Yeah. If you have three teachers for a specific class of, uh, I don't know, world history, and you have 500 students, the classes are gonna be bigger. It's the same with the counseling. But the more you have, the more you can do with your students. And, and I would and add- parents. Yeah, and parents. And I would add on, wow, if I had a, you know, a considerably reduced number, you know, that would give me more time to spend with each student. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I could, you know, visit students out of their classroom and talk more about their grades. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, the main thing for me is I could, I could have the possibility of spending more time. The transcript review we do with students, you're going over where they're, process, mm -hmm. where they're at in the process of graduation. It's, it's usually a pretty quick meeting you're having with them because mm -hmm. you have, you know, 100 lined up after that person. So right. it'd be nice to be able to have some more detail and some more conversations like that with students. And really, it would be about building relationships. And then you talk about getting yes. them where they want to yes. go. Yep. You, the more yes. you know, the yes. easier it will be for you to get them there. Correct. Well, guys, I uh, am actually shocked that we got the... Uh, this much content. We, we uh, had a great conversation. I appreciate you both being here um, in our fifth episode of the podcast, and we're just rolling right along. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. The 70 is a YUHSD podcast hosted by Eric Patton and Superintendent Gina Thompson. The goal of The 70 is to provide insight, levity, and hopefully some relatable content for all stakeholders interested in public education. It is released twice monthly and debuted August 28, 2019. You can listen to The 70 on yumaunion.org's podcast page or subscribe on iTunes or numerous other podcast hosting services.